Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odd boosts every single day. Rudo, Megan, AJ coming to you live as the Avs practice today with multiple bodies back on the ice from their injuries or whatever it is that may have been nagging them here, there, everywhere. Specifically, Val Machushkin, Josh Manson, and Pavel Francos all skating. Uh, at abs practice not necessarily with the team but you know they're on the ice which is a big step forward certainly for uh for manson and Machushkin. you know it's it's crazy what uh 12 hours can do because <laughs> after the game last night you know there was a lot of like oh it sounds like Nachushkin may not have ankles left you know landis might miss the rest of the season we're not gonna like he's gonna be on ltir for the rest of the year the abs have to put him on there and go make a big move right now to salvage the year. And, you know, Frankie, Frankie is week to week, which means that we'll never see him again. And it was like worst case scenarios playing out all over the place, right? Like, Oh, who knows what's going on with Evan Rodriguez. And then practice finishes today. And the Chushkin and Evan Rodriguez will both travel with the team on the uh, two, two game road trip this week to Canada. Um, Frankie being on the ice is a good thing. Manson is, um, on schedule and, uh, crazy that this actually got asked, but, uh, Gabe Landeskog not expected to miss the rest of the season, at least at the moment. So, uh, pretty interesting, uh, flip from 12 hours ago where it was like, we have no idea. And like the only guy that we don't have any real idea truly remains Bowen Byram. Yeah. It's, I mean, look, it's the help that the abs have kind of been waiting for for a while now. Italy. All right. We, we out here, fam. We everywhere. That's awesome. It is awesome. An elk? Uh, is that Italy? Hello? Is that correct? I don't know I, anything about the internet. Might not be. <laughs> we're just, we're just sending it with languages out here now. Okay. Uh, but it, look, we talked about it a little bit on last night's show. The Avs kind of have remained in survival mode, even after getting Nathan McKinnon back because of all the injuries they've dealt with. You're one step closer to the Avs being back to a team that you expect to win on most, if not every night with these guys. So, I mean, let's start with Manson first here because he is the, the defenseman that is close to getting back. How how much of an impact can someone like Manson bring back to this Avalanche team? We've seen, obviously, the third pairing is what it is, but he can help even beyond that with with EJ struggling at times too. Is he more important to get back, or is it someone on the offensive side? Um, I I will say I think it's the offensive side that's more important. Okay. Um, they are still struggling to score, uh, and defensively, they have been better than we've given them credit for um, because as I, I tweeted out last night, somebody was talking about all oh, the defense has been bad, but since December 1st uh, at five V five, the abs have uh, the fifth best expected goals against per 60. So the, they're allowing more chances than they did last year, but they're still doing a good job of keeping the quality of chances down most nights you know last night was kind of a (laughs) 
not great night for that, where it was reverse of that. <laughs> um, but it was uh, with Manson. You're talking. It's not. Oh, Josh Manson is going to be an upgrade over Eric Johnson. It's Josh Manson is going to be an upgrade over Brad Hunt. And how big is the gap between Brad Hunt and Josh Manson? Where does Manson fit? Does he play next to England? Does he play next to Gerard? You know, we all are just kind of assuming it's going to be next to Gerard, but Bender, I mean, Bender seems to be stubbornly like, I'm putting Gerard and EJ together and I'm making it work. And it's it, it's not, but... It just I, I wouldn't even be too worried about that, to be honest, because we've seen pretty consistently Bednar will just lean towards the guy having a better night. And that was the flexibility when they brought Josh Manson back that it was like, hey, this makes perfect sense because you can kind of, whichever whichever pairing, whichever guy is going, gets the minutes that night. Uh, and if they're both going, then hey, you probably win that game. Uh, and so I think that's where Manson, he raises he raises your, your floor of your defense a lot more. Um, and to be honest with you, the the... the He's going to bring more offense than we would have expected the day they made the deal. But Manson has shown uh, an adaptability in Colorado's system. Uh, and and weirdly enough, I think I would take Josh Manson over Brad Hunt on offense right now. Um, so yep. I I would not have expected that at the start of the year. But okay. given that we've how things have kind of unfolded right now, I'm like Josh Manson is an upgrade over Brad Hunt in every way. And. Uh, so I think he would be more, uh, he would be great to have, but when you're talking about the impact of a Landeskog and a Nachushkin and especially those two guys together and an Evan Rodriguez, you're, you're talking about an entire line, an entire second line that then takes what your fourth line was last night and just, whoosh, it's gone, replaced with that, with that second line. Uh, so I do think that that's the bigger upgrade. I think the correct answer is a forward because right now having Curtis McDermott and some combination of Jacob McDonald playing forward is just not working. That fourth line is not a serviceable fourth line because it has to be sheltered the way that it is. But the obvious addition that Manson brings is also how he alleviates top pair, top power play minutes from the Makar Teves pairing. I don't think Makar has been playing badly, but I don't think he is in the top 100% of his form and it is just a little bit wear and tear throughout the course of a game more that's being asked of him that he can do the things that he does best and probably contribute offensively which is where we know McCart can show up in big ways and Manson being back in the decor can help alleviate how some of those minutes get distributed throughout the night and I also completely agree that I think Manson has more offense to bring than some combination of Andreas Englund and Brad Hunt. I love Brad Hunt. He's been surprisingly better defensively than I thought that he was going to be, but the offense at the NHL level was always a concern for me. He was a points leader in Loveland like throughout the course of the season, but he's also stayed in the cook longer than any of the other forwards because they keep getting called up to the avalanche. So what Brad Hunt is has been beyond my expectation in a positive way. It's better than the Jordan Gross experiment we saw last year. But Manson being back just helps the decor in such a big way to make Kale McCarr step back into what we know Kale McCarr is capable of. It's a really, really good point. Yeah, it, it you definitely do get the feeling that Kale McCarr might be trying to be a little bit too much right now. Uh, and, and some of that is by necessity. There's no doubt about that. Um, but you're both wrong. The biggest person coming back off the IR today is Megan, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If anyone makes fun of the way I sound or look, I look so shiny. I'm coming through the screen. That's, I'm sorry. That's just the divine light shining down on you for being back on the pod today. <laughs> I told AJ I felt like Darren Hellman or Red No Contact. Like, back on the ice, took a full skate, not ready to go yet. Getting there. Getting there. Just like the abs are getting there. I, um, can I, go can ahead. I just add real quick, like, we're talking about, like offense and like points and stuff like that but uh josh manson had six points in 21 games this year which like that's a 23 point pace across a full 82 game season so it's not like 
this is incredible. But when you compare that to Eric Johnson has seven points in 36 games and no goals. Okay. You compare that. Andreas England has one point in 19 games. Yeah. Brad Hunt has one point in 12 games. So those three guys that have been in your lineup almost every night for going on a month now have combined, combined for nine points. And not great. Manson, Manson had six points in 21 games, which, again, I reiterate, it's not incredible, but it's raising your floor. It's saying that the bottom the bottom guy that you have there is that much better than the guy that he's replacing. So it's it, it's not so much about the high end on with with Josh Manson. Um, although I do think Megan, you make a wonderful point that Manson being there will help alleviate some of the minutes, some of the usage going on both Taves and McCarr right now, because we've seen it's not just McCarr that is having to play 27 minutes a night. And if you go and you watch, uh, if you go and read my piece from last night, the grades piece, uh, I put together a highlight package. It's like a low light package from a car where he makes a bunch of mistakes because he's just trying to do too much. And that's a guy that's feeling the pressure of if he's not doing it, it's not getting done by anybody else on that defense right now. You know, and I say that, you know, Devon Taves has 20 points in 34 games. He's helping. But you also know that Devon Taves has been overused and overextended as well, where yeah. if you can get those guys back down to 24 minutes a night, that little extra rest each night is going to allow each one to be more optimally used, I guess you could say. It, it's kind of a double whammy, right? Because they feel like they need to do everything for the team. And they're also trying to do that in minute 26 of the game where that one percentage point of, of their legs just isn't quite there. So that stride yeah. isn't that quite as powerful to burn that guy or whatever. Well, and, and I think it's really notable here is that look at, look at Kale McCarr last night. They have a power play with a couple minutes left in regulation. Kale McCarr goes for a change. The rest of the top unit stays out there with Sam Gerard. Kale McCarr is exhausted. Been a semi-common thing, too, over the last handful of games. It, it has been, where he's taken himself off, and Sam Gerard has run the top power play. And no commentary whatsoever about how Gerard has done it, whatever. You know, whatever. It's just that McCarr's tired. The legs are tired. And he's taking himself off of power play time because he knows he needs to save them for the rest of the game. And that's, I think, I think that's where you're seeing, like, that's a huge thing. Kill McCarr should be playing all two minutes of that power play uh, along with that top unit in that situation. But the wear and tear earlier in the game means that he just didn't feel like he could. And that's where Josh Manson's going to help. So on the scoreboard and in process wise, the direct, the direct improvement found look, we, we saw what Val Nachushkin did, the impact that he had on the lineup. Look how, look how well the Avs played with him in the lineup. And then he goes out of the lineup again for a couple of games and their process just nosedives. He's such a high end two way player that he again he elevates the floor of how of how they play at five v five defensively. It, it it's kind of crazy, honestly, the impact that he has. It's not to say he's the only guy there because, again, Val Nachushkin and Evan Rodriguez. You put you just those two guys. You put them onto the ice and you know put a third guy. You, you put JT Comfort in the middle of them, and you're like, hey, that's a second line that you can at least compete with it's a second line that other teams can't just be like <laughs> okay sure like they have that that's a that's a line that will cause problems yeah 
do want to talk more about them, but we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNBR when you sign up for a new account with DraftKings to get amazing odds boost. You bet $5 on any NHL team to win their next game. You get $150 in free bets with DraftKings. You can take that $150, do whatever you want with it, bet on same game parlays to up your odds boost, or you can, you can go bet on crazy sports. I know some people aren't huge fans of betting on hockey, so go bet on football or basketball or cricket or what's croquet is that the one where you play it in a field have you ever seen professional croquet those dudes are crazy it's actual wild man I, stuff i actually have not and now i'm very much going to youtube this when the show is over <laughs> the bank shots those dudes pull off let me tell you out of this world uh when i was like nine i thought i was gonna be like going pro and croquet <laughs> i was like i was like dude i rock in my backyard i am really good at the sport and then i turned 10 and never played it again so i'm very <laughs> curious to see uh i had no idea there was a pro scene for it that's incredible there you go so check it out get your bets in on DraftKings, whether it be croquet or otherwise must be 21 or older colorado only other terms restrictions and conditions apply you can see the show notes down below for details or check them out at draftkings.com sportsbook and of course if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 we're also brought to you by illegal pete's you can jump over right now to illegal pete's check out their happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m where you can get great deals on margaritas to go with their amazing burritos uh i know yahir had one the other day and he was complaining because he was like this burrito is too good and i ate all of it and now i'm too full so be careful with your illegal pete's burritos make sure you come with an empty stomach so you can eat the whole burrito because it's that delicious i uh after one of the games last week i left and i i asked the i was like hey do you want some food on and she was like can you get some illegal peats? And I was like, well, I've already like left. And she didn't know how close they were together. So it was like, oh, I've like, I've already vacated the area, but in the future, we will be hitting up that illegal. Pe- it's just so good. It's, it's right. I, I, I don't even know what to tell you. Like you just have to go taste illegal peats and you'll know exactly what we mean when you bite into one of their burritos. Like, mm-hmm. You can go check them out today. Obviously, there's a there's a location just a couple blocks away from the bar, but there's 12 between Colorado and Arizona. So find one near you. Get yourself some delicious burritos. Second period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Get to Erod uh, and Nchushkin in a second. Pavel Fransos also skating. Uh, you know, he wasn't expected to miss a ton of time, but good to see him at least stepping back out onto the ice, even if he wasn't really doing any goalie things. So he shouldn't be too far away either. I, I do think they do miss him uh, because sure. with Georgiev, uh, if he's not having a stretch where he's playing great with Frankie healthy, you could just say, hey, man, we're just going to give you a night off. Like, we're going to give you the extra rest, whatever, help you kind of mentally reset, blah, 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 blah. Because he he is a first time, this is his first year as a full-time starter. You do want to kind of help him manage. You know, I've talked about, I don't think, I don't think he should be getting uh, free passes for poor play because of overwork. But Frankie, I do think is an important part of that conversation because if he is healthy, you know, he has... Uh, he is a guy that is trusted enough that you could just give him a start or two. You know, if, if you put in Frankie and he plays well, you give Frankie another start. And then you go back to Georgiev when Frankie's level drops a little bit. Like, it's it's not so much I think Georgiev needs the time off, but it's the luxury that Francois provides you in that he... You have that option and you do trust Frankie because, you know, it's, it's no offense to Jonas Johansson, but you just don't trust him in the same way that you trust... Uh, a Georgiev, especially when you're on a losing streak, you're not turning to JoJo. You're just not. Just, just the facts, right there. Yeah. Uh, other news and notes as well, Megan. Uh, I know you had a little more info on exactly where Gabe Landeskog is at, but Bednar did reiterate uh, he is not expected to miss the entire season, nor is Bowen Byram. Uh, but it does sound like Landy is making some progress. Look, it weird. sounded like I had his GPS coordinates. Like I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, Elon Elon Musk shut down Santa Tracker, but he can't stop Game Tracker, which is Megan Angley. 
<laughs> I am not checking great game. I just heard, honestly, a couple weeks back around the holiday, which especially made sense that he's been in Canada with his wife's family. And so the lack of land discog sightings is not a, a reason for concern. He's just with family up north and... It sounds like he's continuing with treatment to some degree up there too. I, I really am repeating information secondhand, so I don't have his GPS coordinates. Don't quote me on it, but it, it definitely lends itself to nothing has gone wrong here. Landeskog not being seen shouldn't concern anybody. I don't have Landeskog. I feel like I have to say that. What are, what are the, you should tweet out after the show. You should just tweet out the coordinates for Toronto. Yeah, like whatever the middle of Toronto. Nothing else. Nothing else. Just the just the coordinates for Toronto. You know, and then just, a couple of eyes. Eyes. I this. You know what? My credential is gone. I I understand. <laughs> I understand. But it doesn't sound like there's really been any sort of setback. But it does sound like the timeline, which I feel like we were targeting sometime in January back then and it feels like it might not be january but it still doesn't it's not going to be season ending and we'll see him at some point it's also the third day of january so it's like yeah. not even close like if you start skating on january 20th like yeah it took him 17 more days to get on the ice but there he is you know like it's there's the, the month link has literally started let's just see how this goes <laughs> i mean it is today not a perfect example of that whereas everyone was like well we don't know when all these dudes are going to be back and now there's three dudes skating today so it's like yeah where it was like well well we we don't know what's going on with nichushka this could be a serious injury and now he's traveling on the trip which may or may not like mean like it means that he's a possibility to play it doesn't guarantee that he will he has to you know, he still has to feel better and go through the steps and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, literally, yesterday, our chat was full of people just openly speculating that Val Nichushkin, like, didn't have ankles anymore. Like, they're just gone. He can't play hockey ever again. What? I, I want to know the surgery required for not having ankles. What do you mean? They just chopped it off. It's gone. <laughs> oh. They, Very... did, his feet, did his feet get removed as well, or did they? Yeah, just they're like, gone, dude. Okay, he's just got it. Understood. How how are you gonna sit like that, Tiff, and not show everybody the doggo? Yeah, you gotta put doggo on cam. It's the rules. Oh, those eyes! <laughs> oh my god! Let's see What's some crazy this? eyes? Let's get let's get Kirby cam. What's Kirby. their name? Insane because ah. oh, yeah. the other one um we weren't sure if she was gonna handle him very well so my parents thought it'd be funny to name him chance after a chance in hell that he would survive worked out yeah he's like a baby oh my goodness look at some other baby guys pretty remember that kirby doesn't like alex newhook <laughs> <laughs> Kirby doesn't like the situation very much, but Kirby Cam, say hi, Kirby. Kirby Cam. Oh. There you All go. Right, I'm going to sit you down. You can go run to mom and hide from me. The doggos be out here. Doggos be out here. <laughs> with the doggos being out here, uh, the dogs are going on the trip with the Avs. AJ already mentioned it with Val Nichushkin. Evan Rodriguez will also travel. So. Uh, good news there. Certainly doesn't seem like anything serious for Erod after missing the last game at the last possible second, getting scratched there. Uh, we've kind of already talked about it, Megan. I, I did want to get your thoughts. How much better is Colorado really with with Erod and Nachushkin in the lineup? I mean, especially Nachushkin, but the answer to both is significantly better. And with Nachushkin, it's what he brings on both sides of the puck. He's so hard in the offensive zone on the forecheck. And then with Evan Rodriguez, he's been one of few players that's been able to find the back of the net on a team that has been struggling with finishing issues. Even coming off his injury, he was able to generate offense. And for a team that is still having a little bit of that struggle, it's invaluable right now. And they just make any line that they're on better. And just looking at how the Ford group is constructed currently, 
it really needs a little bit of help, especially in that third and fourth line so that the second line can be a true second line. And we might actually get something out of some of these depth players that we are beginning to get concerned about. I heard in the before we went live, you know, some concerns around Ben Myers. I think those are really valid concerns that would be alleviated if we had one of Evan Rodriguez or Natushkin back in and we could start seeing this Curtis McDermott as forward experiment phase out. Well, imagine taking Curtis McDermott at forward, which, you know, we really seriously don't need to, like, get into it. But you take Curtis McDermott at forward, he's out. You put in Val Natushkin, who has 16 points in 15 games for you this year and was a 50-point guy last year and was exceptional for you in the postseason. All right, there's one upgrade. Second thing you do, you take Martin Cout out of your lineup, which bums me out, but whatever. You take Martin Cout out of your lineup, you put Evan Rodriguez in. Evan Rodriguez is on a 50-point pace right now. He's got 16 points in 26 games. A point-per-game player and a 50-point player for, you're talking about Martin Cout has three points and Chris McDermott has one point. You're yeah. talking almost no production to, those are both, top six players for you like the 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 change there is huge but then you look at the trickle down effect of okay who are they pushing down in the lineup you're pushing down logan o'connor and andrew cogliano from playing 15 or 16 minutes a night more to like 13 minutes a night and so those guys are now in a much more appropriate role for them you know darren helm is also in that mix and then somewhere in there is ben myers and alex newhook where do they need to be a little more productive? Yes, yes, yes. They absolutely do need to find a way to finish some of the chances they've been involved in. But between those two, between Ben Myers and Alex Newell, one of them is always, always involved in a, in a serious scoring chance or two every game. You'd like for it to start to be both of them, and then you'd like for those to start to go in. But you are talking about guys who are actively involved in good things every night. And I want to get into that a little bit more. First, though, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question from both of you. But if you had to pick one to come back, Nichushkin or Erod? Nichushkin. It's Nichushkin because I really, he's really endeared himself to me, Evan Rodriguez. I'm so glad he's on this team. But it's he does. He does have technically more goals. I know that's in more games played, something the Evs have struggled to to do. And, and the Shushkin did struggle to score a little bit in that last stint he had before he went back out. Just wanted to bring it up. I totally get it. I, I Watching the game last night, I was like, yeah, you know what would help stem the tide here? And the Shushkin forecheck, that'd be great. I do, I do think, though, that it is important. When McKinnon was out, I think Erod was maybe a little more valuable. Because JT Comfer was your 1C and Evan Rodriguez could play center for you. But with McKinnon back in your lineup, you know, again, you don't, JT Comfer is not your long-term 2C, but he's played so well in an elevated role for you this year that you can't be mad at it. And he would be that guy. And so then if they're both on the wing, the Chushkin's value just skyrockets compared to Erod's. And that is not to take away from Evan Rodriguez's excellent, excellent start to his avalanche career. Yeah, definitely both of them extremely valuable. Just, I think, Nuke, a little bit more important to getting Colorado back to what you want them to be. Yeah, and it's, they both, if you actually look at the fancy stats, they both have been very, very good defensively. But how they are, how they how they do it, how they go about it is so different. And with the Chushkin, he brings an element that they badly need. If Landeskog was also healthy, I might even swing just a little bit towards Erod because the way that he impacts games. But I just think Nachushkin is such an all-around consistent force to be reckoned with who has, for three years now, elevated every line that he has been on. And there's just there's too much proof in that pudding, man. He's just too good. And this is kind of the conversation I wanted to get into with both Newhook and Ben Myers. No offense to some of the guys they end up playing with, but you you can see it. You can see how much it could help these guys if they get a little bit more talent around them to help either finish or create chances. 
Well, and I think I think you've seen how that works because they've been together. Yep. You know, it's been Newhook, Myers, and Malgan for a couple of games, and offensively, that line has created a couple of very good scoring chances in each of its games together. Defensively, it has not been very good. And it's also one of those lines that they're not going to win a board battle. If you're looking at Alex Newhook and saying that's your best player on a line on the wall, you're in trouble. You're not you're not digging. Like you're not gonna win the dirty areas. And when you're a third line, when you're an, an effectively a third line, which is what they are right now, you have to be able to grind. You have to be able to work because you're going to go out there against other lines where they may not have your skill, but they are going to be big and they are going to be physical and they are going to play a certain kind of way. And right now that line is sort of a misfit. It needs to operate like a top six line, but isn't producing anything that would say it deserves to get played more. All three of those guys are on a power play unit for you right now. And Dennis Morgan has one point, albeit in six games. Ben Myers has one point in 16 games, and that was that one goal came in the third game of the season, I believe. Oh, uh, the absurd tip. <laughs> and one of the wildest, most unconventional goals that we still have seen so far this season. Uh, and Alex Newhook, like 12 points in 36 games. Even if even if you chop off the first eight and say it's scoreless, you're talking. 12 points in 28 games, it's it's just not what you wanted from him. It's, and to be honest, it's not what they need. Now, I would love to see him in in between some of these other guys, you know, in between a, a, a Nachushkin or a Landeskog, but I'm, Erod has outplayed all these guys. He deserves that, but... No doubt. I do think, I do think that that's where, hey, you're going to get confident JT Comfer dropping down into your third line, assuming health at some point, you know, new hook next to that guy. Um, and, and maybe Ben Myers also on that line. Great. And Dennis Morgan, uh, I don't know that he's long for the roster. If it ever is 100% healthy. Yeah. Um, I think that the offensive flair that Morgan brings fits Colorado, but defensively he's not been very good. And I I have yet to see him win a board battle. I mean, we we've Ever? seen how Jared Bednar likes to organize. Certainly, his fourth line, if not his entire bottom six, yeah, definitely more defense oriented. So, well, and like you have a bottom line where you, it's just waiting for you to be healthy and have yeah. Andrew Cogliano, Darren Helm, and Logan O'Connor, four guys who at this point in their careers are tailor made to one play together. It's what were we calling him? Logan's dads? Yeah. Last night? Logan's daddies. <laughs> yeah, it was Logan's dads. It's Logan and his two dads, uh, Dar- Darren and, and Cogs. So you're you're talking like that that's tailor made to be a fourth line for you. And right now, the those guys are getting used as like a pseudo second ish type line, yeah. depending on the game. Yeah. So it's just kind of anyway. where Colorado is at. They're still dealing with a lot of that and getting guys back into roster spots that realistically they should be in helps everybody, right? Yeah. So, Megan, same same feelings on Newhook? Are you a, a little bit more positive on what he's brought? No, I think my assessment is similar. And we've talked about the context of why Newhook probably has failed to exceed expectation because of circumstance and it's important context to keep in mind that there's probably better in new hooks future it just requires a healthy roster before we're able to really see that and it's not to make excuses for him but he is in a difficult position you'd like to see him raise above the situation too because at this point he is playing somewhere like third line minutes and he's being utilized in that type of role He knows that, too, at this point in the season, that if he does need to make any adjustments to his game to succeed in this role just for the time being, I'd like to see a little bit of that. I don't don't think it's for a lack of trying. I think Bednar has even addressed this himself, that with Newhook especially, it's not a lack of trying. It's just, I think Bednar in his his postgame said something about, like, the consistency applied and the need to win throughout the entire game 
is something I see bursts of really great effort from New Hook um, that really embody that kind of third line energy that you need to see in a player. He's not a small guy, and neither is Ben Myers, that I, I'd like to see them both maybe just level up uh, because at least for someone like Ben Myers, his spot in an NHL lineup for this season isn't guaranteed, and Newhook has a lot to prove to himself. So the argument I would make in getting back to potentially putting them with JT Comfer is what we've seen from Newhook at his best of late is when he is carrying the puck, when he is creating himself. I think we're all pretty well aware of Comfort can't really be the guy doing zone entries for you. It just doesn't work that well with him. But he's still been an effective hockey player. So you put those two together, let Newhook do a little bit of the driving. You end up, especially with a Comfort right now, who looks quite confident offensively, both finishing and creating things once you're in zone. That seems like you could have something that works there. Uh, I, I personally i think you need to see more of ben myers when it comes to the the board battles and things i would like to see him being a little bit stronger in those areas because ultimately that's probably the nhl role i see him heading toward at least for this season for this season yeah i think long term he's a center man i've really liked him at center in a lot of ways and and he'll get there right but we're 20 games into his nhl career at this point (laughs) so yeah well, and right now, like, it's on Ben Myers to, like, find a role. And yeah. he's got ice time right now. Like, these injuries have given him opportunity to really settle in and get, get some games. And, all right, now he's got to do something with it. And the same thing is true of uh, Alex Newhook. We're talking about, oh, circumstances and this and that. But, look, Alex Newhook has to be Alex Newhook's best advocate here. He's got to be. He's got to. He's got to state his own case. He's got to. He's got to mark some territory somewhere where he says, "Look, this is my spot in the lineup." And I'm, you know, it has not helped him that one game he's the four C, and then he'll be a left wing on your second line, and then you know he's oscillating between them, and his line mates are changing every time he goes out. Like that stuff is not helping him. But Alex Newhook, you you pot a couple more of the scoring chances he's been involved in. You're talking about. He he might he might be on his way to a twenty goal season, you know, very quietly because. <laughs> and he's just he's just right outside of that right now. He's just on the outside, looking in of where we want him to be. But it it doesn't feel like he's far off. Some of it is circumstance, but some of it is new hook. He has to he has to produce when when he's out there. It's it's. Multiple things, right? One, expectations are significantly higher for Newhook than they are for Ben Myers. Two, I believe Alex Newhook is already a a capable NHL player. He's not living up to second-line expectations yet. I do still believe he can get there. But for the record, those are expectations we placed on him. For sure. But that is just going to affect how people view him as the general conscience believes he's X, Y, or Z. Yep. Uh, but Newhook is not a guy you're looking at potentially dropping out of the lineup at any point, in my opinion. So a little bit of a different context there between Newhook and Myers. Also, why you just need more out of Alex Newhook. Mm-hmm. So. And it's it's tough because, um, you know, it's like, oh, you just need more. Yeah, but we're not we're not talking about oh you need more from Logan O'Connor guy. It's now what 23, 24 games in a row without a goal. Again, expectations, right? B- because because he makes a million dollars and because he uh, because Alex Duke was a first round pick. You're talking about oh well, one guy is letting the team down and the other guy is not. But Logan o- Logan O'Connor's playing fourteen minutes a night. You just can't. Not score goals for yep. two months. It's and true. You, you, you talk about opportunity to both Myers and especially Newhook are getting power play opportunities to bolster any offense that they're looking to find. And mm-hmm. that's just, it's hard to talk about, you know, the context of changing line mates and how that is just not the most sustainable way for somebody to develop chemistry if they're constantly changing and even moving from center to wing center to wing like honestly I, I have felt more comfortable with new hook at wing as of late 
and I think he looks more comfortable there. Um, doesn't mean that he could not be a future centerman for the Colorado Avalanche. I just think he's putting himself in the best position to su succeed on wing right now where he looks more comfortable and confident. Um, and he does have opportunity five on five and on the power play to find the back of the net. And you know that he can. It uh, Being on wing is just less responsibility. That's kind of the reality of it for Newhook, I think. Not that he's been a disaster defensively or anything, but you're just asking a little bit less of him on that side of the puck. Yeah. The and side. you mentioned, you mentioned his goal scoring and yeah, you know, he and JT Confer have the exact same number of goals. And you look where you look at who JT Confer has been playing with and who Alex Newhook has been playing with. You just wonder, Hey, if those had been flipped for two weeks, yeah. would, would Alex Newhook have 10 or 12 goals? Would he have, five more assists than he does would he have 10 more assists than he does you know because uh, you look at their production and uh, like alex newhook was right there with jt confer in production until confer was your colorado's <laughs> top line center uh it is definitely part of it. We are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can find them at your local liquor store with the Breck Beer Locator online, even as far as Hawaii. They are out there. You can go and get them. Don't know if they're in Canada yet, though. You might still need AJ to smuggle you in some beers into Canada. But at least in the States, you can find them anywhere. Uh, Look, check man, them out. <laughs> I, had to, I had to take medicine to Canada for, for kids. I had to take some chewables across the border. Apparently, I need to go to Canada and get eggs to bring them back this direction. I feel like, I feel like I'm just turning into a goods trafficker between these two countries. <laughs> it's out of control. AJ Smuggler confirmed. <laughs> I always wanted to be in a heist movie. Not as cool as you imagined. I, I, I'm not gonna like it when the police like raid my house and take all my eggs or whatever. And take all your eggs. It's just gonna be. It's gonna be like the lamest arrest story of all time. Nah, I stopped died. at the border and seized three hundred dollars worth of eggs. I. What is your evil prison name? I don't know. Evil like, prison. Yeah. I don't know. Let, we'll let we'll let Twitter decide. You guys send me your guys' best guess at what my evil prison name would be. And I'll adopt whatever it is for a day on Twitter. That's so funny. I feel like the obvious one at that point is just Dr. Eggman, but Dr. Eggman. <laughs> yeah, I mean I kinda look like him, so You gotta grow out the mustache, I think, to really uh Really yeah, I got rid of that thing, man. Down. Yeah, me too. I know. You can't you can't eat soup like that? It's the worst, genuinely. <laughs> anyway, Breck Brew, get your beer. You can always get it down at the DNVR bar too. And when you're trying to go to games, check out the game time. There's a link down in the description of the video. You can use that to go through, get to game time, download their app. Helps us out a little bit too if you use the link. So be sure to do it where they have tickets up to 60% off of face value. So you can get a great deal going to see the Avalanche or any other sport you can imagine. Uh, I don't know if the Broncos are worth it at even 60% off face value, to be honest. But uh, anyone else, super interesting. Great always to go to. The uh, Rockies game, even if they're bad, Coors Field is the best building in the country, basically. Amazing place to go see whatever. And they're also, you know, countrywide. So if you don't live in Colorado, you can go see a game anywhere in the States. So check them out. Game time. Get their app. Use the link in the description. Bam. Easy life. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I did want to look ahead i know we don't know the perfect outcome of these injuries and the abs health and all of that but looking through the month of december what is what do the abs reasonably need to accomplish this month is you know keeping it over 500 keeping their head afloat enough or do they really need to start winning more games I mean, I think January, it's easy to say. December, I guess. I think yeah. it's easy to say. Obviously, you need to win more games, but really, it's all relative to the to the playoff race around you. Just keep pace, whatever it is. Just keep pace with the with the teams around you, and you know, when when you get fully healthy, that's when you expect to make a move. If you have a great month of January, awesome. You're chilling. Yeah. Yeah. 
They've already lost more games in regulation this January than they did last January. I I would say their competition for the month is fairly middle of the road. Coming up, they have Vancouver, Edmonton, Florida, and then Chicago, Ottawa, Detroit. So some definitely winnable games available there. And we saw against those caliber of teams in December, they held their own. They were okay. They they that was where their wins came from. So as long as as long as they keep up with that, like you can take them losing to good teams. As long as they continue to beat the middling and bad teams, uh, and you know, when then when you get healthy, yeah, you beat everybody nightly. Yeah, yeah. Please, Megan? beat everybody. I'm so sick of watching them lose. I think knowing that one of Nichushkin or Evan Rodriguez are soon to return makes it reasonable to expect something a little better than what we saw in December. Um, it is a pretty heavy schedule in terms of the number of games, but as AJ mentioned, the caliber of competition is kind of mixed. Um, so I I expect them to definitely stay at 500, but uh, above it, completely above it. Okay. All right. So trending in the right direction at the very least for Colorado this month. When... I, I know we can't really put timelines on people like Landis Gog and Byram yet, although it does sound like both of them are moving in the right direction. Byram update. Thumbs up. Yep. He's, he's responding he's to progressing well is what we've got. Not skating or anything, though. Um, it, is it really the all-star break? Is that go time for Colorado this year? Is Landy back? Ish. Roughly around think, that time. I think Landy's return is when it's like, that's the green light, basically. Let's do this thing. Because, like, Byram, Byram would be great, obviously. But let's be honest here. Like, Andreas Anglin has been serviceable. I was looking at his underlings last night, and I'm like, this is better than what the Avs got out of Jack Johnson last season. There's no offense, but the defense has been better and more consistent, and he's not... He's not getting crushed every single night. He has bad games, but uh, I think that he has been serviceable. Where you're, you're like, okay, it's been fine. You, do, of course, you miss Byram, and of course, you miss whatever he should be developing into because so many injuries have now taken away so many games from him, you know, for three straight years that. You know, you you are like, look, this, these are all games that he never gets back. This is all development that he can't get back. It's it's slowing him down from becoming what he could be. And maybe that's maybe it's honestly doing the Avs a huge favor because come contract time this offseason, they get Bowen Byron for a million dollars instead of having to try and figure out how to give him an eight-year deal or whatever. But they're like, Byron, Byron, Byron feels like it would be nice. But you throw you throw Rodriguez, Landeskog, and Nachushkin back into this lineup over the course of the next month. You got no excuses. There's no more talking. There's no no more no more talking about it. It's time to be about it. You know, it's it's you're now now you're defending a cup. Now you're the team that you wanted to be the one defending the cup. So I'm that's that's what I'm saying. Like when when Landy comes back, it's go time. Now, if he doesn't come back till March, you can't just be like, well, we waited till the last. You got to find ways to win games. <laughs> we waited till the last six weeks of the season. Now we have to win every single game. No, it can't be like that, obviously. But uh, I do think Landy is your benchmark for, okay, we waited. We were patient. Now it's time to fuck some shit up. So as long as they stay in contact uh, with the playoff race, um, for when Landy comes back, then then it's go time because I think he is a he's a transformational figure for them. Not only with the way that he plays the game, but how much have they missed his leadership? Games like you look at games like last night, you look at game like the LA game, where Gabe Landeskog is is part of is such a respected voice and such a an emotional epicenter for them on the bench that not having that in-game leadership is not helping them. Yep. It's hard. Like you're seeing the value, the value of the captaincy uh, on his chest. Like Ed. he's a, he's a really, really important player for them. 
And then you consider all the things that he does on the ice. You know, he helps you win faceoffs. He's he gives you really good two way play. Uh, he gives you he gives you much improved board work. Uh, he's he's scored twenty goals almost every single season of his career. You know, uh, he's he's just such a good player uh, and a jack of all trades for you that the combination of Landy Nachushkin and Lekkinen, those three guys, their two way acumen is so good that you're just like. It, it makes the Avalanche so much harder to play against when they can roll over the boards, two lines that could operate almost as first lines on their own because they're so skilled and they're so good all 200 feet of the ice. Uh, we haven't gotten to see that. It's been, it's been, somebody tweeted at me the other day that without McKinnon, it was Miko and the Muppets. And I thought that that was maybe a touch harsh, but also very funny. Uh, and it did feel that way for a while. You're talking about December. They, Miko and the Muppets held serve. Like, they they were 500. They're still in this thing. If the season ended last night, they would have been in a playoff spot. Like, they, they held serve. They did what they had to do. They survived. Now start to get a couple of these guys coming back, win some hockey games, and hey, you're chilling. Like it's it's time. Like, ain't nobody want a piece of the Colorado Avalanche if they get healthy. Doesn't matter what. Doesn't matter who's on home ice. You almost don't want home ice advantage against the Avs because you're gonna lose one of those first two games in a playoff series. Then the Avs are gonna come home and devour you, and it's just gonna be like, oh great, you get to go, you get to go back home and lose in front of your home crowd in Game Five. Like, nobody nobody wants a piece of this Avs team if they're if they're actually healthy and which they're not I don't think they're that far from something I think about in December too is are the Avs seeing the best of the other teams that they play against and obviously the nuanced answer would be probably not but to some extent I think a lot of teams do still view the Avs as the reigning Stanley Cup champions and bring their best every night and for the Avs to have withstood the month of December the way they did against teams that are likely giving something close to their best efforts I think is a testament to what even a injury riddled avalanche team will be capable of once they're healthy because they are playing teams that have had a lot more health. I know they've seen a lot of backup goaltenders in the month of December specifically, but other than that, a lot of teams haven't been struggling with injury issues the same way and other teams, their competition have been icing really competitive rosters and the Avs were still able to withstand that in the month of December. And I think that is another testament to what this team is capable of when they do get healthy. It, it, it really isn't that far off, right? You you look at these games, sure, I, the Coyotes game was never really that close, but the LA game, the Avs probably should have won. Uh, even the Leafs game, it ended up a blowout, but that was a 3-2 game in the second period. Like They kept it close with a really good hockey team for probably longer than they should have than this Vegas game never got out of hand either. So it's not like, oh, they're way far off from winning these hockey games. A yeah. piece or two is enough. It really shows you just the margin of error is just really small, especially against the better teams. Because you look at the Toronto game, and it's not so much the Maple Leafs beat you as you gift-wrapped game-changing yeah. moments to them. You just handed it to them on a, on a silver platter, and they're good enough that they just said, thanks, and beat you. You know, you look at you look at last night against Vegas. Uh, little little bit of little bit of the universe got the best of you, and you just you just didn't cash your chances. Yep. You know, you look at Miko Rantanen smokes one off the post. JT Confer smokes one off the post. Arturi Lekkinen whiffs on two backdoor tap ins. Like you, that's four goals that I just left on the ice. You lost by one. Don't have to be that graded. That is math that you can do live on air. <laughs> to understand that's the difference. Like their margin of error is just that small right now where you flip one of those game-changing plays in Colorado's favor, they win last night. And, you know, that's... Ain't nobody out there feeling sorry for the Avs, but this this is a team that is... I mean, it it's... It's that much. Win or lose, it's that much. I mean, they... You you lose a couple of overtime games. They're they're like seven and one in overtime or something. So, you you take even half of those and you lose. You know you take those losses, uh, those wins away. Now you are in trouble. But 
that's where you are. The, the the margin of error is just not when they're this beat up. It's just not it's not very big. Yep, just the reality. Uh, I think we can wrap it up there. Any final thoughts from either of you two on the abs? Otherwise, if you want to go off on Sean Barons or Connor Bedard, go for it. Sean Barons has actually been a little quieter after like his very first game in the tournament. But I, I mean, Team USA is just incredible right now. I'm excited for the rest of the tournament. I am not excited to see what Connor Bedard does to Sean Barron. I, I don't know if I want to see that either, but I can't look away from Connor Bedard. <coughs> Sean, you're sick. No, he's been through so much. Like, he deserves to see this tournament through, no matter the outcome. He's just been robbed of his World Juniors experience at every turn. He, he deserves this. You guys, I don't know how much you guys have watched of it, but... Luke Hughes has turned into really like divisive. Uh, I, he was all—I think he was already a little divisive yeah. in his draft year. Um, but I, Luke Hughes is like, because I think there have been some things from him where you're like, this is spectacular, and then there have been some breakdowns, especially defensively, where you're like, okay, this is a little interesting. Um, I mean, he's been one of the more interesting guys to watch, in my opinion, just because the the variance has been. It it reminds me kind of of when Gwen Hughes was at the WJCs, where he was so bad defensively that he played forward for a little bit, and it kind of overshadowed like the electricity that he brings offensively from that blue line. But anyway, Luke Hughes, I think, has just turned into a interesting lightning rod of conversation this tournament yeah because his summer tournament i thought went so much better for him and he has looked a little bit different of a player not as much the game changer player as what i saw in the summer tournament i thought he did excellent and he was a really solid top guy on that d pair for usa but he you're right he has had a much bigger variance in his level of play throughout this tournament than what i saw in the summer it's it's both like if you want to dream on him, it's easy to see where you dream on him, and if you're apprehensive about him, there's enough evidence there to be like, ah, uh, I'm mean, not crowning him just yet. Playing defense is hard for a 19 year old kid, man. Such a hard position to be consistent at. He's playing against other 19 year olds though. Still, it's not in the NHL. It's man. hard. It's a hard position I'm, to be consistently effective at. He's going to get the NHL treatment when uh, Connor Bedard starts coming down the ice, though. That guy, <laughs> that find is an NHL quick. player. Yeah, that dude can jump into yeah, the NHL we'll today. That. Yeah, that is that is one where it's like, you sure wish that guy was American, but if you lose, if you lose to that dude, ain't no shame in that. That's one where you're just like. You special. What a fun timeline of hockey. We get to see this player up coming through the ranks, and you've seen him down the pipeline for a while now because of yeah. how talented he is. The real bummer is everything that happened with Russia and them not being allowed in this tournament. Yeah. We don't get to see Matvey Michkov. I am disappointed controversially about that. Yeah. I mean, I've totally, like, you understand the decision and blah, 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 yes. but watching getting to watch a special talent like Mitchkov and Mitchkov's draft story is going to be one of the most fascinating because that guy is at a nearly a point or nearly a goal per game pace in the KHL as a teenager like continues to do unprecedented things uh, as he has been doing since he was like 13 years old uh, but also has a contract running through I think 25 26 so he's not coming to North America for a number of years and so I wonder, you know, Leo Carlson has had a great WJCs. I think he's probably moved himself into the 2-3 conversation next to Adam Fantilli. But where Mitchkov ends up after that, I think, is going to be fascinating just because of the contract. And the Russian factor is as exacerbated as ever. Um, but in terms of a special talent, oh, my gosh. There's a team that could be picking sixth or seventh that's like, Yes, we will wait. It's worth it. Yeah, do you think do you think Minnesota hated waiting for Kirill Kaprizov? No. 
I mean, worth. I think they hated the part of it where they thought he was going to walk because they hadn't talked to him, but it worked out. <laughs> that was Bill Guerin's best best movie ever made was calling Carol Kaprizov. Day one of the job. Please come play for us. <laughs> I choose to believe that's how that conversation I hope. I hope that's factual. <laughs> that's canon. Uh, we did have one super chat here very quickly. Pin King saying T's and P's for DeMar Hamlin. Totally. Of course, awful stuff to see there. I hope great, great with the GoFundMe, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's been super cool to see the charity. I think it was a, was it a GoFundMe? I don't know. The charity that raised over seven hundred thousand dollars or something it's like that. now over i'm sure it's million. way more yeah okay good to see the community rally around at very least yeah that's one of those where you're like you got to see both the best and worst of sports last night where for some insane reason there were people who were like they should keep playing this game and everybody else shout them down and be like you're all psychos also go give to this guy's charity and just yep. getting to see, there's not a guy that I was familiar with before last night, and getting to watch all the videos of, of him, said, you know, speaking about the game and life and things, and you're like, it's a special young man, and uh, hoping for, hoping for all the best for him. Of course, hope he comes out of it okay. Uh, on that note, we are going to get out of here. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another off day pod so be sure to tune in to that and then of course game thursday so we hope to see you at those same place like and subscribe here go follow us on twitter dnbr avalanche you all know the drill we love you we'll talk to you tomorrow